0: The CC Way with Scott McGee, episode 31. It starts from within with guest Dr. Jen Esker. Potatoes, eggs, and coffee beans. Once upon a time, a daughter complained to her father that her life was miserable and that she didn't know how she was going to make it. She was tired of fighting and struggling all the time. It seemed just as one problem was solved, another one soon followed. Her father, a chef, took her to the kitchen. He filled three pots with water and placed each on a high fire. Once the three pots began to boil, he placed potatoes in one pot, eggs in the second pot, and ground coffee beans in the third pot. He then let them sit and boil without saying a word to his daughter. The daughter moaned and impatiently waited, wondering what he was doing. After 20 minutes, he turned off the burners. He took the potatoes out of the pot and placed them in a bowl. He took the eggs out and placed them in a bowl. He then ladled the coffee out and placed it in a cup. Turning to her, he asked, What do you see? Potatoes, eggs, and coffee, she replied. Look closer, he said, and touch the potatoes. She did and noted that they were soft. Then he asked her to take an egg and break it. After pulling off the shell, she observed the hard-boiled egg. Finally, he asked her to sip the coffee. Its rich aroma brought a smile to her face. Father, what does this mean, she asked. He explained that the potatoes, the eggs, and coffee beans had each faced the same adversity, the boiling water. However, each one reacted differently. The potato went in strong, hard, and unrelenting, but in boiling water, it became soft and weak the egg was fragile with a thin outer shell protecting its liquid interior until it was put in the boiling water then the inside of the egg became hard however the ground coffee beans were unique after they were exposed to the boiling water they changed the water and created something new which one are you he asked his daughter When adversity knocks on your door, how do you respond? Are you a potato, an egg, or a coffee bean? So the moral story, in life, things happen around us and things happen to us. The only thing that truly matters is your choice of how you react to it and what you make of it. Learn, adapt, and choose to make the best of each experience. This is the CC Way Podcast. I am Scott McGee. I'm a mindful warrior on a path of gratitude and service who loves to connect with unconquerable souls. Love says we are everything. Wisdom says we are nothing. Between those two, this show flows. So Epictetus from The Art of Living, which is one of my favorite books, reminds us that spiritual progress is made through confronting death and calamity. Instead of averting your eyes from the painful events of your life, look at them squarely, lean into them, and contemplate them often. By facing the realities of death, loss, and disappointment, you free yourself of the illusions and false hopes and avoid miserable and envious thoughts. As you think, so you become. Nothing can truly be taken from us. Every difficulty in life presents us with an opportunity to turn inward and to invoke our own submerged inner resources. It starts from within. The trials we endure introduce us to our strengths. We all possess strength. We have strength we don't even realize we have. Our stories are unique, but the struggle is universal. A lot of people out there have helped me find my own strength but it's not the other people that heal us. It's you, you do. You are your own soul's doctor. Speaking of healing, my guest is a doctor of physical therapy and creator of the mobility method and the optimal body, Dr. Jen Esker. She has stated that her mission is to heal the world the best way she can. And that is through empowering you to learn how to heal yourself. She also said a couple years ago, be damn proud of the person you are, the person you are becoming and the person you want to be. She recently announced on her Instagram that she walked away from manipulation and from an unfaithful relationship. This emotional violation, uh, detachment from an ideal reality, prompted her to have the courage to share her truth, to fight for herself and others, to recognize that vulnerability is strength, to be free. So it is my humble honor to host you on this intimate format about intimate life and emotional details. Uh, I first want to state that, and this is, you know, for Jen and also for all the listeners here to be very clear that I'm not interested in using what happened to you for gain, right? Mm -hmm. I am interested in using your strength to inspire others. So given the recent circumstances of your life, your lessons after infidelity, how has your mission changed? And let me divide this into two parts, yeah, because this is gonna resonate with like who you are, right? Mm-hmm. So I'd like to start with your mission and how that's changed, and doc Jen fit's mission mm. and to separate those
1: two
2: mm-hmm.
1: Well, for me personally, it's just it's given me another opportunity to step into my voice and to step into my power and truly own who. I am becoming as a woman, as an individual um, and not be afraid of that and lean in. So on a personal level, it's just, it's given me the opportunity to continue to practice my growth and really, really own that and be in it. And then on a Doc gen fit level, (laughs) it's allowed me to take my message of listening to yourself on a deeper level. And for me, that means, you know, that intuition, the inner part that we sometimes neglect or make excuses for. And my, my main message has always been listen to your body. Your body knows your body will guide. And when we take that even into a deeper level of listen to your intuition, that as well, that will guide
0: and so we're talking about, so some of the parallels here, here is you, on the surface, mm-hmm. help people heal their bodies, mm-hmm. right? And if you heal your body, uh, you can live a more full life. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was going to save this for later, but let's go over it right now. <laughs> so this is taken uh, from your website, and there's parallels here to in the past what you have done physically for people, but I think now you've been empowered to be able to do that emotionally as well. So, and from your website, website here, it says, uh, becoming educated on what is going on with your body is the most powerful piece of knowledge for establishing health and longevity for a pain-free and active lifestyle.
2: mm mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so, I'll go over each, th- there's three things here. So there's that one, and then the mobility method, mm-hmm. the tenets there, relieve pain, prevent injury, optimize movement. And so while you're listening, guys, this think of this as a physical thing, but now th- also put it through the lens of emotional and psychological mm-hmm. as well. And so the optimal body, you said uh, you created the optimal body as a way to help you improve and maintain this optimal level of function through releasing restrictions, learning and understanding what true core stability means and having a workout that can literally reverse aging. And then in here I drew a line to that core stability part Mm -hmm. and I wrote, I'm looking at my notes guys, and the core stability, what I wrote down here below it is that the first step towards regulating emotions is stabilizing your attention Mm-hmm. So I'll say it again, first step towards regulating your emotions is stabilizing your attention. Mm-hmm. And what does that really mean? Go into your thoughts and go into your breath, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm reading this stuff that you've wrote and even going back into your time and stuff, you know, online. And I drew a lot of parallels between, you know, establishing powerful peace, uh, peace not mm-hmm. just peace of knowledge, but peace as in like Mm P-E-A-C-E, right, of knowledge for establishing health and longevity for pain-free and active lifestyle. So maybe just the the mobility stuff, the moving around is just the, the, you're scratching the surface.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, And that's because also I feel the need to stay in my lane, what my education is in, where, you know, where I have been teaching I always feel the need to only speak into that. Like, I don't speak into food and nutrition. I guide into other places. I tap into mindset on a very general surface level of gratitude and appreciation, but I don't dive in a whole bunch because, again, I feel like, is that out of my scope? And what I'm realizing is that, yes, in, in, Diagnosing and going deeper, that is out of my scope and that's not ever going to be my intention. But at the same time, there's this awareness for the body that I've been able to teach and bring into people's just space. Increasing awareness of your body in general is going to help detect where you've been neglecting in your body because pain is a symptom. Mm -hmm. And now it goes even deeper. Increasing awareness of what's happening on an inside level, of what is actually, what you're actually putting yourself around, what you're actually putting yourself through in relationship and friendship and business, and increasing that awareness into, are you truly listening to yourself, and or are you neglecting something?
0: So that neglect, right? hmm So uh, uh, on this show, some of my goals here are, creating a self-awareness mm-hmm. for people mm-hmm. so they can self-regulate. Mm-hmm. Similar with the mobility method, right? Yeah. You're trying to self-awareness so they can yep. self-regulate themselves. Yep. Totally. So it doesn't matter if you're trying to increase your, your hip mobility, <laughs> it's also about emotional mobility. Mm-hmm. So earlier you said that you're, you're kind of avoiding gratitude and appreciation, right? So most of us, now I'll use it, the physical example here, that if someone comes in and they've been neglecting some parts of their body, right? There is some a sense of guilt there. Mm-hmm. I have failed my body. I've done this to myself. Owning yeah. it, right? That's owning it. First step. Yeah. But then also, you have to have a level of forgiveness there. Yep. Because if you don't forgive it, you can't heal it. Yep. And that's something I've learned. Like, in the past, right, you cannot change it. It's done.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But by choosing to forgive you open up your possibilities for the future.
1: 100%. All right,
0: there we go. Shows over. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: because if you hang on to it, you know, how are you ever going to move forward? And that's the first thing that I do with clients. I mean, even before this even happened, I think my superhero like power was to be able to bring compassion to people. Because me showing compassion for themselves, I'm going to mirror the compassion they can have for their own body. Because whenever we get into like this pain state, it's scary. It's vulnerable. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be there. And so immediately we're making it wrong and bad instead of stepping back and and saying, no, I forgive my body. This is okay. And I have compassion for the fact that it's, it's happening. And people want to push that off so bad. I don't have time for pain. Why is this here? This is bad. All these other things and being able to acknowledge, okay, I see you and it's not bad. And now I forgive you. And now how can I move forward from this? It does. Just like you said, it opens up that possibility of true healing, of actual healing, not just covering up a symptom. Cause there's so mm-hmm. many things we could do to cover up symptoms. We can take pills. We can, you know, just address that little pain area so you can have a back pain and massage your back and temporarily feel better. But I guarantee it's going to come back.
0: You know, I just got an image here when you said that like alcohol or
1: mm-hmm. or
0: um, pills
2: mm-hmm.
0: or even braces. I mean, whatever the case may be, some of it are short-term Band-Aids. Yes. But either way, that's like painting a dirty car.
1: Yeah. Yeah, underneath it, it's still yeah. going to be. Not Let me clean. see if we can sum it up right here.
0: What you resist persists.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I was reading this, other, this book, uh, man, on mindfulness, and they had this equation in there. I'm going to see if I can remember it. In fact, I might make a post about this at some point in time. And it was a mathematical equation, and they took it's like pain times resistance equals suffering. So pain mm-hmm. times resistance equals mm-hmm. suffering. Mm-hmm. So if you kind of like take out the resistance part and put it like make it zero, pain mm-hmm. times zero is so then now you have zero suffering.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And pain is subjective. It's a thing, right? We mm-hmm. t- we tend to label it. Yeah. It's just your nerves firing. Right. Signaling, hey, something's going on.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's the whole idea between physical pain. If you're not actually addressing what could be the actual issue and you're just covering it up and resisting the fact that you need to lean in a little bit deeper and no one else can fix you, only you can fix you, you're going to continue to suffer down the road. And I mean, that, that is the relationship with emotional pain as well. And that was also my need and want to bring this to the surface was to go through the healing journey with people because so often, especially when this kind of thing happens, it's like, oh, well, it's better to know you're good. You're great. You're strong. Um, you'll be fine, move forward and take the high road. And it's all these things that it's just push past, push past, push past. And yet if you do that, if you really lean in to just work hard, forget it, push past the feelings it's going to come up in some other way down the road mm-hmm. and you're going to be still suffering or it's going to show up in another relationship because you didn't actually go through what you needed to.
0: Well, I've learned and, and maybe the, the people that are, you, that are giving you that advice, mm-hmm. right? And we all get it, right? Mm-hmm. So I've learned because I used to do that too and I didn't necessarily have the, the self-awareness so I could self-regulate it. Yeah. And then eventually I learned that, um, number one, you can't, you can't hold on to pleasure forever. Mm -hmm. It's a, it comes and goes, Mm -hmm. but we try to hold on to pleasure all the time, whatever that is. And another fact of life, and we try to do it, but we can't escape pain. So you can't hold on to pleasure. You can't escape pain. Mm -hmm. So when you're going through it, and this is a whole other leap that might come up later is that a lot of times, our anger, again treating the issue upstream and downstream, right? Uh, I realized was grief, and so understanding what that where the actual problem is, not the symptom, mm-hmm. but understanding what the problem is, mm-hmm. um, isn't something that you can just be like, "Oh, you're going to be better off. Oh, just let it go," because the only answer, the only way, the only cure for grief is grieving. Yeah. And so avoiding that. So that's what I've learned like as a friend. I'm like, hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you to avoid this. I'm not, you know, whatever. But I'm gonna stand next to you and let's hurt. Yeah. Let's face it. Let's dig into it. Let's get, let's hurt.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the people that have been most compassionate in this have unfortunately been people who have been through it as well um, because they know I'm just gonna open space and whatever you need right now whether that's cry, yell, scream, laugh, whatever it may be, I'm just going to open space for you. And you can express whatever it is you need to express. And I've also been on the other edge of that where, where friends lean in a lot and they're like wanting to, you know, talk crap and be negative and like make me feel better in that aspect. And I'm like, I need to stop doing that. And I've requested, you know, can we not talk about this in that capacity? Because it, key, it, it pushes me down and it actually holds me back. And as much as I want to, you know, be negative and, and it's almost like staying in that victim place of like, poor me, how could he have done that? Blah, 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 blah. But it doesn't actually help me move forward.
0: No, because you're, that is like next level, right?
1: hmm
0: It's actually, so we're talking about, it's over my shoulder, looking at Martin Luther King here, right? Yeah. And with that, like darkness, and this is his quote, darkness cannot drive out darkness, mm-hmm. only light can do that. Mm-hmm. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. Mm-hmm. And so by staying, we'll get into this once we go through the uh, the stages of yeah, grief here. Yeah. Um, but just to kind of uh, reset a little bit, and so to put a little bit more context, um, you were in a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm four and a half years Mm -hmm. um it was pretty serious um and it was pretty public and just for the listeners um just so you guys know neither one of us have any intention uh, of using names or pointing fingers Mm -hmm. this isn't a hate podcast Mm -mm. and so we're gonna avoid putting any of that stuff out there Mm
2: -hmm.
0: if you feel like doing your own digging i'm sure you can find it but that's not what this is about yeah so this is about growth and and learning and focusing on the lesson so we can grow, not yes. focusing on the pain because we're not suffering here. Yeah. So you um uh, what was it? A few weeks ago now. Right? Two weeks ago? When you announced it at least publicly. Yeah,
1: two weeks ago, I think.
0: So you publicly on Instagram announced that your relationship was over and why? And then you had this awesome write up. And so if you guys want to see that, go to at DocGenFit. It's there. Yeah. You'll find it. Yeah but can you explain the process and kind of when you found out Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and then actually just give it a rundown and then we're going to go through the stages of grief.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I found out five days before Christmas, (laughs) um, which was hard. And it was so funny. I mean, even just talking about how we're going to do like the ice bath and stuff, I went through this moment of like, when I first thought like, like how do I breathe again? I I teach this. I do this. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. having that sympathetic, you know. I almost felt like I was in an ice bath. Haven't done it yet, and we're mm-hmm. gonna do it today. Yeah. But that was the feeling that I had of like bringing myself back into my breath and and how do I breathe because my sympathetic just like whoo well, shot on. Was
0: this was it like a, a text message from someone random you get a photo? I mean, how do you find this out?
1: Uh yeah, I was um sent a direct message with videos of evidence. So unfortunately, where were you? I was at home and I was about to do an Instagram live and promote my challenge. And was in such a lovely place.
0: Oh, Oh, you have, you have all these glorious plans that life is like, uh, hold my beer. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So that kind of shot me back. Yeah. That's Um,
0: a, just. like that information is, I mean, yes, for sure. Sympathetic. Mm-hmm.
1: You're,
0: everything gets jacked up. Mm-hmm. Bottom line.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a crazy, crazy experience. Um, and even like when I, you know, cause I, I called my, my closest people, my sister and my brother. And, um, just a, like, I think one close friend when it happened, And it was, like, even just, like, my experience of talking with different people. Like, one, I was laughing, like, how could this happen? Ha, ha, ha. And then the other half, like, crying. And so it was just, like, it was just a whole day of all the emotions. Um, And then since then, the whole journey of it all, which we'll dive into. Um, But, yeah, that was just, that was a shocker for me. It was something that I didn't ever, ever expect to receive um, or... Or be in in so, that state. So,
0: those specific feelings that day, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to revisit.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, so you get that information,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you process it, and then what happened between that day? I mean, and, and when did you finally announce it? Like, what was the process? Yeah.
1: Like? There's a lot that came up for me, and and I think I said that right in the beginning of the the post, you know, because at first you know, we'll, we'll talk through this, but like you're in that anger and, and just like (laughs) a very hateful stage. And that was, you know, just taking the space and time to work through and process that. And where, what's really supported me is not just friends, but it's actual therapists and coaches and even working with a somatic therapist. Um, literally felt like a weight lifted off my heart where it was like so heavy and so so much happening like physically in my body um through all the emotions so being able to to have people like that to support my journey has really been absolutely amazing because that's what's what's helped me to heal and process and not come out with this violent post of (laughs) tearing someone else down because that was never my intention. And I know that it's still going to be read like that. Um, And also I'd kind of hinted at it with some other posts, but never really put it out, but some people caught on and I was getting DMS from women of, of similar experiences. And that's what really kind of drove me to say, how can this be supported in a larger scale as well? Because I hated that so many people experience the same thing and not that. And I get that every journey is a lesson for every person. And sometimes we have to go through it. I think I had to go through it in order to learn my lessons. Uh, so I'm very grateful for it as well. And also are there moments that we can learn from other people where we can catch this before it happens, where we can walk away in a, in strength and power and and fully standing in your worthiness before you even find out or need proof or evidence or whatever it may be? So can you learn from other people and not only have to learn from going through the experience? And for me, I feel like there is so much power in that. There's so many different ways to learn lessons. There's so many different ways to grow. And I don't think you have to go through the hard experience. Sometimes you do. And for me, again, I did, but I don't think you always have to. I think there's so much other support and ways to do, to go about it. So being able to share my story and share my own lessons in what I've learned and how, how I'm taking responsibility for it, was really where the message was coming from. And I wanted to kind of shift the perspective of taking the high road. What does that actually mean? And if my high road in my own body, mind, spirit, means sharing the truth, being vulnerable and standing for integrity, how is that not the high road?
0: Um. Kinda of reminds me of uh, an episode I just did on the four agreements mm, mm-hmm. from Don Miguel Ruiz. Mm-hmm. And the four agreements are and this is what you're doing, you're being impeccable with your word, right? You aren't taking things personally. I mean I, there's gonna be a certain level, right? Yeah. Especially but in the overall, beginning. like even mm-hmm. discussing all the stuff, it's not you're not taking it personally. You're not making assumptions mm-hmm. and you're and you're doing your best.
1: I'm doing my best. <laughs> so, there you go, the four agreements. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, um, even before we get into the grief thing, I want to break something down. You have the the before incident, let's just call it that, Mm -hmm. before, right? And then you have, like, right at the incident, and then you have after. Mm -hmm. So, you have, like, three separate areas. Um, Even before I even get into that part, when you did make the announcement, Mm -hmm. was there certain something going on about that particular day and was there any type of like, did you feel ready? Was it, do you think it was a form of uh, avoidance mm. or was it a cry for help? You know, cause there's a certain mm-hmm. things you're like, have to really think, am mm-hmm. I ready for this?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I honestly don't know if I'll ever be able to answer. Was I ready for it? I was shaking like crazy when I, uh, posted it, and but it had been something heavy on my heart for a few weeks. So it was something that I was truly in a place of wanting to shift the conversation, wanting to bring this to the surface, wanting to talk and discuss what is shame around this, and why do people feel shamed to to tell their story, and can we shift this? perception and this mindset and can we grow together as one? Can we rise? And that was really where I wanted to go. And so for me, I got help around it for sure. Um, I reached out to people with large platforms um, who use words very wisely and very good so that I was feeling supported and knowing that I was coming from a place of responsibility and not of trying to tear another person down. Now, do I understand coming forward with this would create a rift and create unnecessary drama for sure. And and I, I I can't say I'm sorry for that because it's not my responsibility.
0: No, you shouldn't because it's a fact.
1: Yeah. That just so whatever just other is. people
0: want to like in between In between that stimulus and the response, whatever that space is, that's up to each person.
1: Exactly. That's their perception and how they want to move forward from that. And, and it's not, again, it's not meant to tear the other person down. I truly 100% believe that he's going to be just fine. And I, and I pray for his healing journey and in, in the lessons that he learns as well. And I know that there's going to be tons and that's, I I can't speak into any of that because I have no idea what's going to happen. And, um,
0: you can't make assumptions.
1: No, you can't, you can't. And, and me trying to focus on that is wasted energy, like a hundred percent wasted energy. Um, and so I hope other people are able to see that too. And we do know that we're all human and I am just choosing to align myself with the values and the morals that I appreciate and I admire and the people that are going to uphold those same kind of values.
0: And just to give you guys some context, you have 513,000 followers on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And this post at this point in time has almost 42,000 likes and almost like about 4,400 comments. So when this, like how much work went into this after it got released?
1: Oh my God. Cause okay. you were pretty
0: good with the responses.
1: I mean, and, and I had zero idea that that would happen. I went in with no intention that this was going to blow up or be a thing. I went in with the intention that I can get a lot of backlash. I can be shamed. I can be whatever it may be, but I am so determined to be a voice in this space for people who don't feel like they have a voice. And that is like my my want, my drive, my my power behind this is truly coming from this place of wanting to help and and rise as one and shift conversations and turn things around and free other people.
0: That's one of the things that I noticed uh, in the picture and some of the comments and people were mm-hmm. like, you know, Perceiving the photo is up to that person. Yes. Right? Yeah. But uh, everything you're saying, I was like, the photo is like, my first interpretation of it was powerful, coming to the surface, kiss my ass. (laughs) That's what I got.
1: (laughs) Oh, I like that last part. I didn't even think of that.
0: (laughs) That's, I mean, that's what I got from it. Yeah. And so anyway, so the backlash, um, so I guess what I'm saying is, and the circle back is that you had to have a strong spine that believed in itself, yeah, right? Yeah. A good core, mm-hmm. physically and emotionally, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be this vulnerable.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And to put it out there. Yeah. And to be open to the, I don't want to say hate, but the criticism. Yeah. That which is weird. It. It's a weird thing because, and also choosing to be a victor, not a victim. Yeah. Good for you.
1: Thank you. Yeah, that was a really scary thing. And then I hopped on a live, still shaking, right after I posted it, just to explain where I was more so coming from. And I feel like I don't even know what I said in that live. And all of a sudden, like more and more people were coming on. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have lives with this many people. <laughs> and so that was a really scary thing. And it was just, and yeah, the way that it took off, it was like, it was also the blood moon. That day? Is that what it was called? I
0: oh, yeah. Like the wolf blood moon. Yeah,
1: yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. That was also happening at that time, which was all about release and moving yeah. forward and all these things. And it just... And I had no idea. Like, I knew I wanted to do it. And I knew... I just felt compelled to, to do it then. And <laughs> no intention of, like, that being on that kind of moon and all that stuff. Yeah. And it just happened to in a way, work out perfectly, which is kind of amazing and awesome. And it it did get the response it got because it is a true vulnerability story that we don't hear people speak about so often, especially if you're in the public eye.
0: So the response, right? we have talking about the response it got. Yeah. Did you get the response you wanted? I'm saying... like did you respond well to it
1: yeah um yeah for me it was like freeing scary (laughs) still it's still scary it's still scary to talk about Mm -hmm. it's still scary to like i still go and like should i have done that but i stand powerfully and like no i'm so freaking proud that i did because the responses that I'm getting back, even if I didn't get that feedback, it's still out there in a way of shifting conversation, of shifting perspective, of shaking things up.
0: Yeah, you know what it is? People, people again, so uh, you know, pain is inevitable, mm-hmm. right? You can't escape it. Mm-hmm. Suffering is optional. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's going through some pain mm-hmm. and it's nice for everybody, to know they're not alone.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: then especially emotional pain. Um, so each one of us has like this, you know, ideal self, right? And what our life is, mm-hmm. what we're being perceived as, and what it's going to be. And then things happen that create space between your your hopes and dreams and reality. Mm-hmm. And the further that space is sometimes the more pain and cognitive dissonance we have. Mm-hmm but that is unavoidable Yeah, and how we cope with it. And then it's nice to have someone that's owning it so much and for other people to look to, mm-hmm. which is why we're here.
1: Yeah, exactly. And for other people, it's going to be freeing for them in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so I respect also, if you don't want to bring that to the surface, you don't have to. It's about the freedom for what's in for you. And for me, this felt freedom. This felt stepping into my power. This felt being a stand for the people who were like, I haven't told anyone. There are some people who are damning me and don't don't tell anyone and are so ashamed of it. So for me to be in a way to free them and be able to speak into these words that they couldn't formulate themselves, I think is continued power.
0: It's an interesting concept where you are in pain Mm -hmm from something you didn't do,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but you are the one that ends up helping others cope through it.
1: Yeah, It's kind of, <laughs>
0: wait, wait a second. I'm the one, why am I helping you? But, <laughs> so I wanna go back. So before we yeah. get into the grief, so to go backwards, because mm-hmm. again, um, I don't know if you wanna put this out there, I don't know if it was like a one-time thing, a two-time, or going on for years, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I imagine that there's also, if you think about it, there's gonna be other points in time Mm -hmm. where there's, not only is there gonna be clues, Mm -hmm. but also um, like emotional manipulation and little tricks and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And so, again, right now we have the gift of hindsight. Mm -hmm. But by talking about these feelings and things that bubbled up over time that you didn't realize, hopefully other people can be like, oh man, I'm noticing that too, and bring some self-awareness.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm.
0: So looking back, um, do you think you held on because of a cultural ideal?
1: No. (laughs) Um, No, because if I were to listen to my own culture and background, I would have been gone Um, meaning that I did grow up in a family, very close to family, very close to like, you know, marriage, family, kids. And the fact that I was still around without any certainty that that would happen. Um, I had hope, lots of hope, but I had no certainty. So I, it was almost like opposite (laughs) for me.
0: So even that though, even when you kind of, let's just say deep down, you might not know it's right mm-hmm. or it might not work out or, or, or even you have other people telling you, mm-hmm. Hey, uh, this might not be the one or might not be best for you,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but people can, that happens a lot, a lot, but it's not like people go, Oh, okay. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, uh, yeah, this, this is over. Yeah. Maybe some people do. I I don't know.
1: Yeah. Congratulations to them. But people
0: don't, it's hard that's what I mean when you have like reality because other people are see picking it. up on mm-hmm. your, giving you disconfirming information, covering your blind spots.
2: Yeah.
0: and I think a lot of people in fact turn to those people and lash out at them and push them away. I know. How dare you point out what I can't see?
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> but unfortunately those are the people you should be tight. Those, yeah. are your, those If the people are telling you that stuff, those are your friends.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: But even still, what do you do with that information?
1: Personally... You know, and I think a lot of people can relate to this. It's like, well, but you don't know. You don't know the ins and outs. And it's, it's true. No one knows the ins and outs. No one knows the personal relationship that you have. Um, so you're right. And what are you saying that for? So what am I trying to justify? What am I trying to prove when I'm saying, well, you don't know? Um. <laughs>
0: yeah. What happened? So, when your family found out, what did they say? <laughs> like, did they grab a machete? Did they get a shotgun? No,
1: they were happy. And I didn't. I didn't. Um, so, when I called my mom, I didn't call her till the next day because I know she gets emotional, and I was like, I can't handle that right now. <laughs> and so I called her the next day. And, and I didn't say anything of like details. I just said, um, you know, we broke up and she meets, immediately starts crying cause that's my mom. Um, and she's, oh, me and your dad are going to be so happy. That was her response. Um, because wow. yeah, they, they saw things that were not aligned and they were very scared for me of just what I could be going into for my future. Well,
0: wow, I hadn't even thought of that. So looking, thinking back, like, so having kids myself, mm-hmm. right, and trying to raise them, give them all the tools they need, mm-hmm. to someday for that to, like, happen and then kind of, like, me be happy about it. I mean, what's the first thing your dad said to you?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> So my dad was just like, you know, he, he was just like, as long like checking up on me, as long as I'm okay, as long as I'm happy. Like, what do you need? What can I do? Is kind of the thing. But like, we never got into specifics or details or anything. And again, it's just like, how can I support? What can I do for you? And, and my dad is one of little words as well. So when, a year into the relationship when he did tell me his feelings toward him, it was really hard, really hard to hear. Um, but I continued on despite (laughs) and
0: I take it. He didn't trust him. No. mm
1: -mm. And he didn't know why he just said there's, and he said, you know, I'm going to continue to, he's always invited over. I'm going to do whatever I can to make him comfortable. And this is just my feelings. And I'm going to be honest with you.
0: He's probably like, I'm going to support you now, and then I'm going to support you later.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and that's what I appreciate though about my my family is that as much as they might point something out, they're always going to be supportive and allow me to learn my own lessons and my own journey. And they never, no one ever has ever pushed me away. No one has ever had him not invited or not felt comfortable or anything like he was always invited everywhere and encouraged to be and encouraged to come around. And, you know, so I appreciate them for being honest with me mm-hmm. and appreciate them for being supportive, no matter where I was in my own journey.
0: So the people, so for the the, the guys and the gals out there mm-hmm. that are currently in a relationship that they're, so I mentioned earlier your reality and then your ideal self, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes in that relationship, you know, if you think about it, there's distance. You know the gap that I'm talking about mm-hmm. and you're holding on. Or if you've noticed things or you, I don't know if it's trust issues or manipulation issues, whatever it is. Like, is. Let's pinpoint this. What would you say to a, a seven, 16, 17-year-old girl out there? that's trying to navigate relationships in life?
1: Gosh, you're so young <laughs> at that time. I would say at that time, just focus on, you know, going through experiences with friends and really, really diving into just experiences, not necessarily relationships, but friendships and life and adventure, and whatever that looks like. And know that if you're that young, be young. There's so much life ahead. There's so many lessons. And you don't need to hang on to a boy or anything like that. And also know that you want to start, you're going to start developing what you want in life. You're going to start developing And mirroring a lot of what family values as well. And are those family values ones that you want to maintain? They may or may not be. I mean, you could have parents that got married young and that's not what you want to do. You want to travel still. You want to figure out life. So, you know, there's so much life still to be led through that just go through experiences and don't take anything too seriously.
0: I think another thing to point out is... And the, I'm trying to start this now mm-hmm. with these little, my little velociraptors, right? <laughs> um, but also goes to everybody. And I think it's also part of what we're both doing. Mm-hmm. And that is that like your, like most of us think happiness depends on like external sources. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of here to remind everyone that it's not external sources that brings happiness. It's you. hmm to be proud and have a very very good loving relationship with yourself yeah that is I think forgotten love and forgiveness with yourself
1: Mm -hmm. that should be taught in school
0: should be (laughs) 100% like it's I fully believe that yeah I don't it's like a weird gap that I think uh our culture is missing but I think you also have kids that aren't taught it. They grow up into being parents that were never taught it, and now mm-hmm. they're teaching. They don't understand the power of love and forgiveness and relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. Because if that's strong, then you can put up with anything else external.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even
0: still, if you even if you know something bad is coming up, practicing and being prepared for it mm-hmm. makes it not that bad. Yeah. If it's raining outside, can you stop the rain? unless you're Storm from the X-Men, no. <laughs> but you can't, but like you can prepare for it. Yeah. Like if you've gone outside and like a, just got your hair done, you know, um, speaking from personal experience. Uh, <laughs> but you can go out there, you get, you, if you go out there in like a nice dress or some clothes you just bought and you did your hair and you go yeah. out in the rain, it's gonna cause some problems for you. Yeah. But if you go out there and you're wearing the right coat and the boots and the right jacket and bring an umbrella, it's actually kind of beautiful.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and it's all the way we perceive and the expectations we put on things too. And that goes into friendships, relationships, um, and business. It's, uh, Christine Hassler has a a book on this, which is great. And it's expectation hangover. And we do it even subconsciously without even meaning to. And all of a sudden we're angry, we're upset. Like a lot of these things that make us Make us, yep. in quotes, you know, upset and angry and and take us off course are the things that we held such high expectations for, and all of a sudden there's an extreme letdown because the weather changed or you know some business partnership fell apart or someone left you. Like it's just these these things are going to happen, and when we hold such high expectations, you can guarantee that you're, there's going to be some kind of letdown in there.
0: Expect nothing. Yeah. Appreciate everything.
1: Yes, which is hard to do, and it is hard to do because, and it's. I think that is a continual practice.
0: Absolutely, a hundred percent. Because your brain is going to. We have a dichotomy of thought. Yeah. It's going Is always battling mm-hmm. right, and I always talk about our greatest battlefield is in our own thoughts. Mm-hmm. And it has to be consistent practice. Yeah. And it has to be. So, something that helps me, and just because I write fancy philosophical stuff or talk into this piece of metal it doesn't make me any different. And I tell people this all the time on on social media. Yeah, I'm like, this is not a me thing, this is a we thing. Yeah, And I struggle hardcore. Mm-hmm. But there's things I keep going back to that helps me. And maybe sharing this will help other people. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know how you have like um, the seven wonders of the world, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But to me, there's also the the seven wonders of the world are your ability to see, Mm. your ability to hear, Mm -hmm. to feel, to taste. I might be losing track here, but uh, to think and the ability to communicate with others. Mm -hmm. Like those are the wonders of the world to me. Mm, I agree. And so when it gets down to it, I'll sit and pick those and a lot of times i'll pick one of them to really focus on mm-hmm. and so an example is sitting still centering yourself mm-hmm. right so again like i talked about earlier uh first or uh your first step towards regulating emotions is stabilizing your attention so stabilizing it from your breath close your eyes and then just listen
2: mm-hmm.
0: and just pick up all the sounds that you can hear and and think about them. You're going to hear stuff you never even noticed. Exactly. And you can do the same thing with um, your vision. Mm
1: -hmm. Stepping outside, going in in nature.
0: You know what's crazy? Go and look outside your window. Yeah. And actually, actually, actually look at stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean. So going, and this goes with all of those, to be able to, and that is part of my practice to keep me centered in gratitude. Otherwise... It's easy to go the other direction.
1: It's so easy. It's easier. It is. To go in the other direction. Yeah. It's yep. easier to get upset. It's easier to, you know, not have gratitude and appreciation and be hating on things. and.
0: That's the trick of the devil. Mm-hmm. You know, the devil, on your, uh, the devil and the angel on your shoulder, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't get rid of them. You can just... Yeah. I tell a story, like, I'm not going to drop the F-bomb right now, but... College coach, he said that sometimes you have to look over the little devil on your shoulder and go, "F you, little man." Yeah. <laughs> but the same thing with driving a car. Like you have all these emotions yeah. and all these thoughts in the car, yeah. but you, you get to decide who's driving it.
2: Yeah.
0: Don't get out of the car and let anger get in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. Way too junk. <laughs> um, before I move on, I I just want to point out that I'm still like like weighing heavily on the feeling from your parents. (laughs) I still, that for, for me, that was super powerful. So thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean that even that is a hard thing to share because people won't understand and no one, no one will. That's okay. Um, the fact is they saw and they knew and so did a lot of close friends to me. And, and the reality is with that, a lot of people go through that as well and continue to push it off. And that's when you get to really do the hard work of saying, what am I not seeing and why am I not seeing? And what is it about me that feels the need, the need to stay? And, you know, what am I choosing to be blind to?
0: I think part of it is being comfortable.
1: Yeah. And I think there's, There's so many different levels that I think depend, depends, you know, it could be comfort, it could be security, it could be validation, it could be, um, empowerment and inspiration or temporary inspiration. It could be, it could be feeling like for a moment you're special. I mean, there's so many. I
0: also don't, I I also want to apologize because I don't really think it matters to find out what exactly that is. Yeah. You know, cuz no matter what we can sit here and think about it, but mm-hmm. you might not actually know in the, at that moment. So you
1: won't know. But I think it is important to say what am I not looking at within me? And that's where you get to also take responsibility. If if your closest people who love you the most are coming to you and telling you something is off. What is it about you that you're not listening to? It's not about the other person, no. it's not about the people who are telling you this, who we want to blame and cast, like make wrong all the time. It's what is it within you that you're not yet seeing?
0: Yeah, so you're taking ownership. Mm-hmm. Another thing that Don Miguel Luis pointed out in the Four Agreements is that nothing other people do is because of you is mm-hmm. because of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Nothing other people do is because of you is because of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What you do is because of you.
1: Yes. And how you respond, and how you react. And that's
0: scary, and yet for a lot of people, that's empowering. Yeah. I love that, oh, I can do something about this? All right, sweet, let's go. Exactly. Good.
1: And I can't change how this person is gonna act, and feel, and do? No, you can't. So that's okay, let go of it, it's not personal.
0: When's the party? (laughs) So, to to move forward, because there's some lessons here, and I wanna point these out because As I said earlier, our struggles are unique, our stories are unique, but the struggle is universal. And so, oh man, I think it was episode 13. Uh, I did an episode called Keep Swimming and that was an episode on grief. Mm. Lots of cool stuff in that particular episode. One of them, which I'm gonna go over right now, is the uh, Kubler-Ross, Five Stages of Grief. Mm-hmm. And that is, so if you don't know, Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who was a Swiss-American psychiatrist, from, lived from 1926 to 2004. Uh, she was a pioneer in near-death studies and the author of the book On Death and Dying and What the Dying Have to Teach Doctors, Nurses, Clergy, and Their Own Families. So that's a book if you can just remember On Death and Dying, written in 1969. But she uh, later expanded her model to include any form of personal loss such as death of a loved one, loss of a job, income, major rejection, and the end of a relationship or divorce, drug addiction, incarceration, you name it. Onset of a disease, infertility, even minor losses. So even if you lost your hamster, either way, this is something that you can relate to. So I don't, I'm, and I'm pointing that part out because I'm not here to point out to say anybody's loss is like better than others. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like we go through stuff. Yep. And sometimes I've noticed in my own personal daily experiences, and this is sometimes maybe it's a pet peeve of mine is that when someone presents information that other person feels the need to Present that information back as it relates to them and their story, mm-hmm. and generally kind of one up a little bit. Yep. And I used to I call that a me me conversation. It drives me crazy. I'm like, can't you just respond to that person's mm-hmm. incident? Talk about what they just told you. Yeah, it's not They're, really listening. No, it's not. That no.
1: It's listening to respond. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. No, no. No. Listen.
1: Mm-hmm. To understand. Mm-hmm. Listen to listen. Listen. But that takes practice too. Listen and to understand. One hundred percent.
0: Because as soon as you have in your brain your response to what you want to say, you've stopped listening. Mm -hmm. That's that's hard to do.
1: It is. (laughs) It is.
0: So, um, that being said, this is about grief. Mm -hmm. So, her stages are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. So, those are the five stages. Mm -hmm. Later on in her life, she pointed out that she regretted not early on explaining that they don't necessarily go in order, Mm -hmm. right? You can bounce around from different ones. And so it doesn't matter. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna talk about each one and kind of relate to some of the feelings that you were having. So the first one, and I'm also tying in just to clarify for if there's any Dr. Mm -hmm. Kubler-Ross police out there Mm -hmm. that I'm pulling in, there's other models of grief that some of them are seven steps, some Mm -hmm. of them are six steps, whatever. Yeah. These are the five, but I'm gonna include a little bit. And here's what I mean. So the first stage, denial. So I also put, and shock.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
0: and shock, that's not necessarily part of her model, but mm-hmm. I'm putting it in there. And so the first reaction is denial. In this stage, individuals believe the diagnosis is somehow mistaken and cling to a false, preferable reality. So, did you have that?
1: Honestly, no. It. Immediately confirmed a lot of what I felt like I'd been struggling with of the uncertainty the unknown Why isn't it changing? Why isn't this? Why isn't that? It automatically made sense.
0: So in that moment. All right good. So in that moment Mm -hmm. so You started your grief during the relationship Mm -hmm. So that was just that was towards the end I just got that right now. Hmm. You picked up on a bunch of stuff during the relationship.
1: I mean, not that it would ever be that. And um, I would say it was a continual journey throughout our entire relationship Mm -hmm. of trying to work through the resistance that we were trying to push through, both of us. Okay. Yeah.
0: So denial could have looked something like, um, all the people that were telling you whatever, yeah, you were denying that,
1: yeah, or like looking at the signs of where we're not aligned and denying that, denying those, yep. and saying no, 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 but the possibility. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, we laugh, but that's still something to really like to point out. And totally, we, when we all get those little red flags,
1: mm-hmm. and just why do we put, Why do we ignore them?
0: You know what? I, I don't know. But I also don't think that like, oh, I've got three red flags. You know, there's, no, there's no like solution. There's no. no equation. Like how many red flags do I have? Do I have four? Okay, we're good. Yeah. You know, maybe it's one. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe that the other flags are so powerful that the red flags don't have any, I don't know what to call the other flags, but either way, denial and shock. So yes. a lot of people.
1: Yeah, so I would say I was in denial <laughs> throughout. <laughs> Uh, that's interesting.:
0: Yeah, right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's why I said you started your stages early on. Yeah, because once you got that, well, that's like piling maybe the pinnacle, were you completely surprised?
1: Um, yes, and it made sense. So yes and no. I mean, shocked for the experience of what it was? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like to the point of like, how do I breathe again? Totally. Um, and a lot that came with that, but, but completely shocked. And for my friends, completely shocked. No.
0: All right. Let's move into number two. Anger. So in
1: lots of that (laughs) uh,
0: anger, uh, and then pain slash guilt. Yeah. So this is when the individual recognizes that denial cannot continue, they become frustrated, especially at proximate individuals. Mm-hmm. Certain psychological responses of a person undergoing this phase would be, Why me? It's not fair. How can this happen to me? Mm-hmm. Who is to blame? Why would this happen? Mm-hmm. Now, again, like my little descriptions, I'm paraphrasing a lot of information. So yeah. bear with yeah. me if it's, yeah. if it's right on or not. Yeah. So, number two, anger, yeah. which is an emotional defense mechanism. Yeah. And exactly. natural. Mm-hmm. So, it's natural. And again, I'm pointing this out for people because i want them to know it's normal exactly. in the process here
1: it is but that's where we know we don't get to react from as well
0: <laughs> yeah no anger that isn't that's like the uh uh that carrie underwood song
1: Mm-hmm. before he cheats that yeah one? yeah yeah
0: when he gosh what does she go to She like she, he's his car yeah, yeah, and does right? all that kind of stuff I mean, yeah i don't condone that don't condone it, but yeah, that's what exactly. that's that
1: But that's, that's, that would be a pure example of like, I'm angry. This is how I'm going to react. This is what he gets kind of thing. I mean, even in the Beyonce song, um, uh, I listened to it so many times. <laughs> For some reason, it's part of her lemonade when, yeah, yeah. you know, that whole thing and in her the music video, she's going around with a bat and like bashing his car. Um, but... Yeah, I would say so. For my anger stage, which I definitely had, um, that was me like seeing songs like Beyonce at the top of my lungs and wanting to destroy and be angry and have everyone else be angry around me and in disbelief. And yeah, there was definitely in that.
0: I think that anger one is. I think that's where people get stuck
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and then carry around. The, and the problem with it, and I don't know what the acceptable amount of time is. I don't know the answer for that. I just know it's not forever.
1: Yeah. And it's going to come and go, I think.
0: Yep. Yep. And it's natural, right? So yeah. you can't, again, you can't escape it. No. So accept it.
1: Accept it and just be, I would say, surround yourself around people who Will take it from you rather than you reacting and doing something that you will regret later. Yep. Because that was, I think, a huge thing for me too, is surrounding myself around people who, yeah, could be angry with me and allow me space to express my anger and also, you know, make sure that I'm not going to do anything stupid.
0: <laughs> yep. Also, the point about anger is. And again, this is, this comes after the fact. Mm-hmm. So again, no, we're not all sages here. Mm-hmm. And that is when you are super angry at whatever that thing is, mm-hmm. that thing has power over you.
1: Exactly. And so as long as you stay in that stage, you're never owning your own power back. So you can get angry. Get angry. Totally. I mean, there's even, um, I keep talking about it and I still need to go. There's a place in downtown LA called like rage room or something. And you put on a suit and you break stuff and you throw things and Mm -hmm. like expressing anger physically screaming into a pillow. I just did Kundalini the other day with a girlfriend and she took me through one of the breath exercises that was like hitting the ground. So expressing anger physically in that manner in a controlled environment also so powerful.
0: There's, uh man, there's one in Santa Monica as well. What? Yeah. It's what, near even Maine, closer? <laughs> Maine. I think it's still a Maine in like Ashland or something like that. Okay, I'm going to have to check I remember out. going, <laughs> like, this is a while back and there was some like alarm or something in the building and having to go take care of it mm. uh, or go check it out. Mm-hmm. And I went in there, I'm like, it's discreet. You have no idea what, you have no idea. Yeah. You just, like, well, what's, what's this building? Yeah. And then going in and going, what? the hell happens here <laughs> I was like are there hostages are people in cages because I had never yeah. like I stepped into a reality I never knew existed yeah the rooms were all padded There's padded furniture it looked like almost like a little place for kids to just go play yeah but then I realized what it was I'm like whoa so I might have done a little bit
1: that's awesome i mean we all have stuff to express inside and when we don't express it that's when it can turn into physical as well yeah physical pain can manifest due to holding on to our emotions especially this anger state
0: by the way a uh, fun fact sometimes on these like alarms and stuff we go into places and yeah. there's fun stuff to play with yeah and so I, I, you know I've, I've had some fun right just, <laughs> and then realizing there's security cameras <laughs> 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 oh, man. So when it, I keep waiting for stuff to pop up on YouTube. <laughs> but, That's yeah, pretty funny.
1: Because
0: yeah. imagine they see someone in uniform and they're like, you know, there was like, Exactly. Yeah. Um, but... So with that, I think this is still... Yeah, it's still within the anger is you have... The, now you have the connection, right? You have emotional pain, mm-hmm. right? And now you're using... External movement and mm-hmm. the source to alleviate the mm-hmm.
1: pain. Yeah, so and it will so. Yeah, much. but that,
0: that power there. I feel like it's not necessarily only like needed when you're angry. It totally. really totally helps, right? Yeah. But understanding the relationship between movement and mm-hmm. emotions
1: mm-hmm. huge, and the other way around too. So, like the first two weeks that this happened, I really didn't work out. And for me, that is like unheard of (laughs) to go two weeks without having done anything, not eating very much, not sleeping well, not moving um, and working out was like unheard of. But at the same time, it was something that I needed to give myself. And And listening to my body in that way and not saying, I have to go work out. I have to go do this. And forcing myself into things that also wouldn't be supportive was a really good lesson for me to just listen to what my body needed and accept. You cocooned. I did. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with that. Exactly.
0: Yeah, you cocooned. And then once the hole was there. You climbed out yeah, and the hole like scraped off the fluid and stuff so your wings could fly.
1: Yeah. And I remember doing like a first couple workouts in a row and I was like, whoa, that felt really good. And it was because I wanted to. Not yep. because I was forcing myself to, but really because I wanted to. And it was a, a realization for me too of I'm coming back into me and moving through the journey, moving through the process. And then n- now that it's been like, I would say two and a half weeks of really being consistent with that, it's felt incredible.
0: Yeah, you're not paying a dirty car.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Does does doing podcasts like this help?
1: Yeah, actually. It's still scary because I know there's... I've gotten pushback of like, why are you talking about this on such a public forum? You know the other person's in a public eye. And I'm like, that's not for me to like I'm on my own journey and this is my own thing. This has nothing to do with him. And I'm sorry if you can't see that. And I also know how supportive it's being for other people. So uh, again, I'm going to continue to lean into that shame and it's, you know, you don't have to be a part of it. That's okay.
0: It's still a weird thing. Whoever's like the people that are saying that
1: mm-hmm.
0: like, no, uh, Go be a quiet little victim.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Move through your process. Yeah. Like without saying anything and just put out a fake. Your edit. process. My process. And
0: you take you and your yep. process. Go away.
1: Exactly. And then be on a public forum and portraying something that I'm, I'm, I'm not being, I can't do that. Like I am in it and I am sharing my journey. I'm, I am, I'm, And always have been 100% authentic and me online. And it's continued to grow in that aspect. And it's continued to show my journey. Like you can go back to the very beginning where I didn't show any photos of myself and it was just my body movement and what my body could do. And then slowly over time, I started to show up in a bigger way. I used to even do... Um, when I would shoot with anyone, I wouldn't even want them to show my face. Like you can see how I progress through the years on my social media because it's authentic to exactly where I'm at in my journey and who I am. And so if, if that scares you by me showing up in that way and really being authentic in that way, that's okay. You don't have to follow.
0: I think who you are is how we're supposed to be and stay with me here. Cause like when I watch your videos, by the way, I've been doing the golf, golfers elbow stuff. Like, yay! (laughs) first of all, like we haven't got into it yet really, (laughs) but the mobility method and all all your stuff online is an awesome resource. Thank you. And it's like easy to get to, it's It's explained, you have the anatomy Mm -hmm. next to it. Like Mm -hmm. fantastic. Thank you. That being said, like I'm absolutely amazed by how you move. And it's not like you're doing anything spectacular. You're mm-hmm. just moving the way the human body is supposed to move. And the one that got me the other day, I don't even know. I don't remember what you're doing. But I saw you like curl, like curl your toes and kind of like walk on the knuckles of your toes a little bit mm-hmm. on the ground.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, it blew my mind. I was like, was, I'd have to get in like a bad car accident for my feet to do that. I'm like, that's what, that's what the feet are supposed to do. So then I was like, I've been ignoring my feet. My, mm. feet, are, my feet are stiff now.
1: Mm our yeah. base of support yeah. We ignore that I all know, the time I,
0: yeah yeah see
1: <laughs> anyway
0: <laughs> so that's what but that's how we are supposed to be right yeah. and the same thing goes with how you're doing you're doing how you're supposed to be
1: yeah mm-hmm. for you and i'm not also, saying like
0: for me i'm saying yeah. you're being how you're supposed to be for you for me
1: and also like understand that this movement that i do and that i show online i'm it's not there's not underlying surface under that so meaning I have scoliosis. I, I haven't had an X-ray in years, so I don't know how relevant that still is. Um, but I have been diagnosed. I've seen it on the X-ray. Uh, I have thoracic outlet syndrome time to time. I have, like, I, I can't say that I have a lot of pain in my body, but it's not a symmetrical, perfect alignment body, which is also why I don't push, like, perfect posture. Mm-hmm. Um and look at what I can still do. And that's the whole thing of going through this journey. Like I'm in my process still. So as I'm speaking into things, know that I'm still going through pain and crying and my own journey through it. And out of love. Out of love, yeah.
0: And I, to circle back on people that have a problem with whatever you're doing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they are hurting.
2: Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm.
0: There's something going on with them for them to even have that feeling. Mm-hmm. Cause it should be able to look and be like, wow, that's awesome. Or if you don't like it, like I can just avert my eyes. (laughs)
2: It's
0: like, I can sit here and be mad and hate on what you're doing with whatever you're doing on your channels. Yeah. Or I can just like go about my day and think about something else and how I can improve myself.
1: Or where is that showing up? Because if you're afraid that I'm just trying to put out a negative perception about another person, is there something that you're covering up that you're afraid of as well?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's another trippy thing. If somebody's worried about a negative perception about something negative they did, then yeah. maybe they should not do negative things. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe maybe, that's, maybe we that, should try. Yeah, maybe that's crazy. <laughs> All right, so number three. Uh, so we talked to, uh, denial, anger, and now bargaining. So the third stage involves the hope that the individual can avoid a cause of grief. Usually the negotiation for an extended life is made in exchange for a reformed lifestyle. So that's talking about death. So people facing less serious trauma can uh, bargain or seek compromise. Mm. For instance, I'd give anything to have him back or Mm -hmm. if only he'd come back to life, I promise to be a better person. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So that's always talking about life Mm -hmm. and death stuff, but Mm -hmm. you have bargaining going on. Yeah. So it sounds like even before you found out for sure that you were doing some bargaining with yourself.
1: Mm -hmm. Totally. And I also, um, I've been reading this book, This Is Me Letting You Go by Heidi, can't remember her last name, Uh, really supportive book right now. And I recommend, it's just like little short stories throughout the entire thing. Um, And one of the chapters I came across the other day was about like, what if you try to get me back and going through all these scenarios of what if you did this? What if you did that? What if you, you know, what if we both got amnesia and, um, and we forgot everything and we got back together. And that one actually hit me hard. And it was because, yes, I can powerfully walk away from knowing this relationship is no longer within my values and what I, what I foresee for my future. And I'm still in the grief process of this person who I thought I was in relationship with. Um, and so for me, it was like reading that was like, what if I did get in an accident? Like the first person I would have wanted there would have been him. And knowing that I can't ask for that anymore. And I don't get that to be my person because he's no longer my person. And that was like a, almost like that bargaining of like, well, what if I got in an accident? Would it be okay if he then came and.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Like, what has to happen for you to overlook certain things
1: Mm -hmm. and that was almost a scenario that came up for me of like but then i'm like i would have a whole room of people a whole room of people that supported me because that's what it's been throughout this whole journey family friends everyone and yet i would still be sad that that one person wasn't there and would it be okay if I got into this extreme accident? If if, oh, yeah. if mm-hmm. then, yeah, would it be okay if you, <laughs> know, you know, like I could have that emotional support, even though I know this is wrong and bad and da, da da da. And it like was that whole process, and I just like cried that night, which felt really cleansing and healing. Mm-hmm. And that's also been my thing too, of like I'm not forcing tears, I'm not forcing sadness. It come like. All through my Kundalini practice with my girlfriend, I was like, When is it going to come? Like, am I going to release? And it never came, but I'm not forcing anything to also come to the surface. It's like coming as it comes.
0: Number four, depression. Mm. Also, reflection. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am, uh, I'm so sad. Why bother with anything? I'm going to die soon. So what's the point? I missed. By the way, that's like my mom right now. Mm. I miss my loved one. Why go on? During the fourth stage, the individual despairs at the recognition of their mortality. In the state, the individual becomes more silent, uh, refuse visitors, and spend much of the time mournful and sullen. Mm-hmm. That's another one. Depression.
1: That's a, that's a huge one for people that I think can you can get sucked into really, really easily.
0: Depression and anger. Those are the two. Yeah, But I think depression is like... It's a heavy one. It's like more of a deep-seated one. Yeah,
1: exactly. And to be honest, it's like... And this is also why I've wanted to bring this to the surface to be a safe space for people to go to because sometimes you don't have the friends and family around that could be supportive or that you're even close to or whatever it may be and you do stay in this... Like, I have to take care of me and I have to... And you, you kind of fall back. And some people have those people around that are like, want to push you through your journey and you'll be fine and, and aren't comfortable with the uncomfortable of what you're going through. And so, and so you do kind of go through that journey alone and it's easy to get into that depressive state and that, and fall into that and stay. And I'm so grateful that I have had the friends and family and support around me like even apartment hunting. I never went once by myself. That's incredible. I've had people by my side since the moment this happened. And I'm, I just, just so grateful.
0: That's another thing I really like about people. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Like whenever you see a major tragedy
1: mm-hmm.
0: or somebody battling cancer, um, no matter how bad it gets, hurricane, whenever you see something bad, turn on the TV or the news, you always see good people r- rushing out to help. Yeah. And in fact, like that unconquerableness about humans, right, the triumph of the human spirit is why I named my first kid what, what I did. Mm-hmm. Cause it, to capture that part about humans.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Not the evil, backstabbing, yeah. selfish part. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, the side of the coin.
1: You know? Yeah, exactly. You can't, we can't but lose But the beautiful that part is like the, the coming together, the community, mm-hmm. the support. Yep. And yep. most people want to do that. And the hardest part is asking for it.
0: Yep. And it's a choice, right? Mm-hmm. You have to have a dedicate. You have to choose to do that. You yeah. have to choose to see that. Yeah. It's similar to health or it similar to fitness. Like most people yep. want to be in shape.
1: But are afraid to ask for the support.
0: Yeah. I want to have a V shape and ripped abs and big arms, yeah. but like you have to decide to act on that yeah. and not only decide to act on it, but you have to decide to act on it consistently.
1: Yep. Over and over and over again and make that decision. And, and especially in a, in a time of like vulnerability and feeling uncomfortable in, in whatever circumstance that you're going through, being okay to specifically ask for what you need in that moment because maybe someone does come to you and they're uncomfortable and they don't know what to say and they just want to move you past your process and saying and being able to say okay, yes, I'm going to move forward, but for this time being right now, can you just can you just hold space or can you just hug me? Can you just like whatever it is that you specifically need to ask for and asking for that support.
0: And I've learned it's also to be clear, like uh, I don't want you to take the pain away from me.
1: Yeah, no one's going to be able to do that. And people try, right? That's like a tactic. Yes, we want to. We yeah. want to help. We want to. Like, what can I do? What can I do? And sometimes it's just like you don't need to do or say or anything.
0: Uh, in this stage, the the depression stage, mm-hmm. I think it's almost like a um, like a soul cavity. Or something you know it, it like starts to kind of eat away at different parts it's not just an emotional thing it can manifest in a lot of other ways it can manifest physically mm-hmm. um, it can it can affect your immune system
2: mm-hmm. i remember yeah.
0: i remember going through something where i was had high anxiety and depression uh, all those things and i ended up getting a like a, a mouth ulcer on my mm-hmm. gums wow like way up here mm-hmm. And so I couldn't believe it kind of like, how can, so I'm thinking and feeling something and it's physically manifested itself. Yeah. Side note on that. If that's possible, then it should be possible the other direction. Yep. So if you, how you think and how you feel can physically manifest in a healing
1: way. Yep. hundred percent. I mean, a lot of the work that I do with clients also is reframing their language around what's happening in their bodies. Because I will get, my back is exploding. (laughs) Um, This is being torn apart and whatever else. And it's, it's, no, you know, that's not what's happening. And being able to reframe the way that people are thinking about it and talking to themselves and understanding what you're saying has an effect on how your body's reacting. Because if you are now telling your body that this is bad, this is scary, your body is going to go on guard. So imagine the restrictions and the spasms and the pain that's going to come from your body feeling like it needs to protect itself. So just being able to come back into a different language allows your body to release because your brain only knows what you're telling it. And so maybe mm. we start to tell it something different.
0: Have you um have you seen the documentary Heal? I don't think so. It was it was one of the top ranked ones on iTunes for a while. Okay. But it has to do similar to what we're talking about. Yeah. A lot of uh eastern uh philosophy when it comes to medicine. Mm-hmm. And how the western is more painting a dirty car. Mhm. Right
1: so much so yeah
0: crazy business it's a crazy business (laughs) i know it is a booming business it
1: is very booming you can make lots of money yep and not help very many people
0: yep so number four depression and then number five acceptance and that's the upward turn slash hope it's going to be okay i can't fight it i might as well prepare for it Mm -hmm. so to go a little further um it's this last stage individuals embrace mortality or inevitable future or that of a loved one or another tragic event. People dying may precede the survivors in the state, which typically, typically comes with a calm retrospective view for the individual and a stable condition of emotions. So simply put, things happen, we have two choices, accept or resent,
2: mm-hmm.
0: accept or resent. Mm-hmm. So eventually, Once you get through your, you know, you get through your denial, your anger, bargaining, depression, hopefully for you, you get to acceptance.
1: Yeah. And I think it was almost like a balance all throughout it um, because I accepted very early on, like, this is, okay, this is it. Um, And had a lot of appreciation in it, too like still had a lot of gratitude for I'm not married, I don't have kids, now I know I can walk away and not look back. Um, So there's so much acceptance and appreciation in that, um, even though I still had resentment, even though I was still angry. Um, And then it came with the acceptance of the lessons and what I really get to look at. And even... In a way, how did I draw this in? Which is a hard one to have to look at. How did I attract this? What am I responsible for in creating this? That's a big one. That's a huge one because no one created someone cheating. No, I don't. I think that is all someone else's choices and decisions. Um, And I would never say what you did made this person do that because that, again, is a choice of that other person. But how did you draw this person into you and manifest this relationship as well? How were you responsible in calling that into your life?
0: Have you figured that out? (laughs)
1: um for me I could say I mean we met five years ago and I was a completely different human than I think I am now than I know I am now (laughs) and I would say I was very insecure did not see good in me like a lot um I couldn't even accept compliments I couldn't I was didn't own my own voice. Didn't want to take pictures with my face. Like, there's so much that back then I was a completely different human.
0: Did he, and you don't have to answer this,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I'm kind of curious what he said and did he give you any feedback or answers to this?
1: Answers to what?
0: Like, how this happened or why it happened.
1: Um... Demons deep inside. Issues still needing to be worked out. Um, I can make, you know, based on talking with coaches and other people, it's like, yeah, there's still an unworthiness conversation happening deep down needing validation, blah, blah, blah. I don't know for sure. And so maybe that's not even relevant. <laughs> um, but I can say that that related to what I attracted five years ago. And even we had, after a year of, of being in the relationship, we broke up for a little bit and we got back together a few months after. And so, me even still being in that state of calling it back in, of that was still my responsibility because I didn't have to get back together.
0: Well, you focus on the pain you suffer, you focus on the lesson you grow
1: hmm Exactly.
0: I also think that, like there's no like pinnacle spot where like, you're fully complete and everything's okay now. No.
1: You no. know what I mean? You're like, always growing.
0: And even still like, you go through, there's always gonna be stuff, what did I do? What went wrong? Yeah. Or yeah. how could I have been better? And yeah. everything you go In through. In
1: everything. And I think the, the biggest part of all of that, not only the forgiveness for the other person, but forgiveness for yourself. So yes, go back and look at how did I draw this in? What am I responsible for in, in creating this relationship and, and in this relationship ending in the way it did? What am I responsible for all of that? And then how can I forgive myself for all of that so that I can now move forward? And the forgiveness for yourself I would say is one of the hardest things.
0: It is. I've told I've told my buddy Paul here as well, but I've told my wife this that and again I want to preface cuz I don't want to come off sounding like I'm super special cuz I'm not. Um but I tell her one day I just walked out and I said, hey, "You know, I don't I don't cheat on you, not because of you. It's like not you." Mm-hmm. And I just told her like it's not. It's like it's it's one hundred percent because of me and my own promise for things mm-hmm. and my own code. Like I'm pretty sure I could cheat on you. Like mm-hmm. I was like, but I couldn't do that to myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. And that type of like weird, odd promise and commitment. Sometimes I wonder if it's misplaced. I don't know because it's a weird thing to have planted in human beings. Because it's like. If if we were meant to stay uh, with one person, mm-hmm. once you are with that one person, shouldn't that like go away? Shouldn't it shut off? Like, is there a pill to just be like, all right, I'm no longer attracted to other females? I don't know. It's like this weird thing, and it's a constant, mm-hmm. constant struggle and a balance. And then it that's is. where it comes in. That's where it comes in the discussion of your not only just your emotions, but mm-hmm. how you how our brains as humans are set up. yeah. Um,
1: and that's why a lot of people don't believe in monogamy, which is also okay. Mm-hmm. I think everything that we decide to be in is a choice and it gets to be a conscious choice. So if you're choosing to be in this type of relationship, how are you going to show up? And what are you committing to, to yourself and to your partner out of respect and out of responsibility?
0: Yeah. For that person that you are choosing, out yeah. of the millions and millions of people out there mm-hmm. or yourself. hmm and I actually posed this, I almost asked you this question early on, but I didn't. But I was gonna ask, are you happy? I already knew, I kind of yeah. figured you are. Cause like, <laughs> but I posted that question online, and then I made another post about it in a, one of those little poll questions. Like, un- anonymously, just answer me. Are you happy, yes or no? And at first for a long time it was like 70, 30 yes to 30 no. And then I think it ended around 80, 20. Hmm. Well, it's still probably a little higher than I actually expected. I think a lot more people are more unhappy than they'd like to be.
2: Hmm.
0: But that goes down to having a loving, forgiving relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. And then the people, immediate people around you. Yeah. And then choosing. Choosing happiness. Choosing. Choosing.
1: Choosing joy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Choosing to be happy. Yeah. That's, um, Marcus Koval, who came on the show, um, after, uh, I forget which episode it was, uh, remember Liam, his young kid, mm-hmm. just under like two years old, was hit and killed by a DUI driver. Mm. His only kid at the time. And he specifically remembered, and that's like some serious, like, not that like anything, again, not like anything we go through is better than the other, but mm-hmm. there's not many things that are worse than losing your kid.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: But something that I always remember that he said, and he does, is that he made a conscious decision to fight for his happiness.
1: hmm And I think it is. It's a choice every single yep. time. And I even like, um, Brennan Burchard, he said before he walks into a room, like as soon as he's passing the doorway, it's kind of like the doorframe, it's kind of like his reminder of how he's going to show up. And he says, choose joy. And so as soon as he walks into a room, he shows up really joyful because he's choosing to show up. So no matter what circumstance outside of that is happening, he's choosing to step in and be in a state of being. And And he creates these reminders, you know, wherever he goes so that he remembers, what am I choosing and how am I showing up?
0: So what you're saying is our thoughts matter. (laughs)
1: very much so, and how we talk to ourselves matter, and that's, like, I, I go into that as well, too, of, like, I have to do this, I have to show up here, I have to, whatever, rather than I get to, I choose to, I am blessed to because blah, 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 or I'm grateful to because blah, blah, blah. So there's so many different ways that we can start to reframe it and literally lift our energies. Like it's heavy to say everything you have to do and it's energizing to say everything you're blessed to or like grateful to do.
0: Yeah, not have to, get to. Get to. I I
1: get to go pick up dog crap because I have an amazing little dog that I get to have, enjoy.
0: You know what else? You also have a hand. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Exactly, you
0: get to pick up dog crap.
1: Exactly, there's a
0: lot of people that don't get to do that.
1: Yeah, there's so many different ways that we can start to look this at amazing, and
0: appreciate amazing, amazing opposable thumb. <laughs> yes, people sleep on their thumbs. These things are amazing.
1: They're so amazing. There's so much amazingness within our entire body that yep. we don't take appreciation or even realize.
0: That was one of the, obviously one of the wonders of the world that I was talking about earlier,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and one of the little meditation practices. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm careful with the word meditation, like, cause I, people have can their turn own, it off, yeah. you have your own filter of what that word means exactly. to you. Exactly. So what, let's just say you go sit down and breathing practice, think, just yeah. sit and pay attention to what you're actually feeling.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Sit still and then scan your body and pay mm-hmm. attention to what you're actually feeling. Mm-hmm. You might feel heat. You might feel your heart rate. You might feel all the crazy sensations in your hand. Yeah. If you're wearing a ponytail, you might feel a little tug on your hair. I don't know.
1: Yeah. It's and funny how I relate to that. But it's like, even when I was talking with my somatic therapist, it's like her going in and, and saying, where are these, where do you feel that? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, where do I feel that emotion? And really sitting with that. And where is that coming from? And how can I move through that in my body for that emotion?
0: Yeah, like a, a tight chest.
1: Mm-hmm. hundred percent. Uh, a lot of sexual trauma, tight hips. So some of that isn't just mobility.
0: Got me reflecting over here. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a second. my hips are tight. I mean, it has nothing. I mean, I thought I just sat down a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it can be coming from so many different areas. Yep. Yeah.
0: And that's another component. And I don't want to go dive, you know, maybe some point in the future. Yeah. Or follow a lot of stuff that you're doing mm-hmm. and how that, your, those emotional knots tie up and expose themselves physically. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I know, I know that low back pain has a lot to do with that. Mm -hmm. But you can't necessarily tell people that they have to understand it and feel it and be in their own skin to understand that.
1: Yeah. And that's why I never tell like a client, like, what you're experiencing is stress (laughs) that pain that you feel they have to paint the story for themselves and then i will go back through that story and say okay let's look at this when did that happen when did this do you think that relates and have them come to the conclusion on their own
0: you can't just yell at them not to be stressed
1: (laughs) and i even share the story of like my own where it's like my right shoulder blade sometimes flares up and i'm in stressful situations and I got in a car accident and it like, everything was fine. But my right shoulder blade immediately flared up and I was like, oh, that's so cool. And I thought it was like the <laughs> coolest thing ever because I, you know, that was the pain that I know is related to stress and it went away.
0: But that, that awareness yep. is a superpower.
1: Yep. It is. That's why taking awareness of your emotions and your body and you don't have to be an expert at it, but just Mm-mm. continuing to open up the awareness in general is so powerful.
0: Is it stress that's causing my golfer's elbows? That what it is? <laughs> I've actually never had that before. That mm. probably had to do with the hundreds of pull-ups I was doing every day. Could be. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to get into one thing that I have not done yet on this show. Mm and we talked about it, but even Paul back here doesn't know. But for a long time on the show I haven't done any ads or supported at least explicitly any products or anything like that. And so for myself and for the listeners, I wanna make a promise to you guys, and that is one, I don't plan on polluting this beautiful little project with a bunch of commercials or a bunch of ads. Every now and then I might drop one in there, and if I do, It's only because I've vetted them very hard. And it has to be something I completely support um, personally. I'm not just gonna have an ad or do a commercial to make money, because that's not at all what I'm interested in. And in this particular case, outside of them supporting the show, I actually really, 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 really enjoy their product. And that is State & Liberty. So simply put, State & Liberty is a performance fabric dress clothes for men with an athletic fit. So now, I don't know if it's me, but I'm at a point in time in my life when I like stretchy things. Like I want my pants to have a little stretch to them, and I want my shirts to have a little stretch to them. So if you're in a job where you're wearing button-up shirts, this is for you. If you ever wear a button-up shirt at all or a polo or a jacket, this is for you. So you know when you go to the store and you get those boxy button down shirts? Well, those drive me crazy, because you tuck them in and they're all baggy on the side and then hopefully you care a little bit and you get them tailored. Well, State and Liberty shirts, you don't have to do that because they're re-engineered as men's performance shirts. They're go anywhere styles and they look slim fitting and they're super polished up. So check this out, the shirt itself, stretches. It's cut in an athletic shape. So if you have a big old beer belly or you're shaped like an avocado, the shirt is not for you. You kinda have to have an athletic build because it's it's built in a V taper. And it comes down, it's not like slim fitting, it's shaped V, so it's gonna fill you up nicely. And it actually looks makes you look like you're a little bit more well built than you may be. But the cool part is, is that in the waist, when you tuck them into your pants, this is one of my favorite parts about it. When you tuck these shirts into your pants and you bend forward or you lean to the side or whatever, the shirt stretches and it stays tucked in. So it looks like it has a custom tailor to it. So outside of the stretch, which I can talk about all day long because it feels like a workout shirt. You can go to the gym and work out and this thing. It's so stretchy. But also the material is anti-odor. And if you spill a little bit of water on it, it just repels right off. Even if you went outside in the rain a little bit, it just kind of the water just rolls right off of it. So the fabric is stretchy, moisture wicking, lightweight, and uh, infused with an anti-odor treatment. Two other things I like about it. So sometimes I wear a button-up shirt, and I want to have the collar open. And a lot of the dress shirts, the collar, the flaps just lay flat. Well, these things have these little hidden buttons so you can, t- you can tie the actual collar to the shirt itself so it keeps the collar up nice and tight and strong and confident. So even if you wear a coat or whatever over it, that, that collar stays up. And the cuffs on the shirt are nice and stiff and crisp. So overall, this shirt looks awesome. Uh, I have a whole bunch of them. And whenever I wear a suit and tie or a dress shirt, I'm wearing State and Liberty. So check them out, stateandliberty.com. Um, remember that the, the shirts stay tucked in. You can reach, bend, work out, do what you got to do. And if you're, for the ladies out there, if you're looking to get a birthday present, Christmas present, or any gift whatsoever, check out the shirts at stateandliberty.com. And really cool guys, awesome family. Uh, they, they're tied into the hockey community, actually. And if you get a shirt that you don't like um, and you want to resize, you can do the free shipping. So go check it out, stateandliberty.com. So that was it. That was my first one. I think my all-time favorite outfit are my ABC pants from Lululemon. Now they got the commission pants. They got all kinds of stuff. But stretchy pants with my stretchy State and Liberty shirt. It makes me understand why why girls are always wearing...
1: Yoga pants. Yeah. Yeah, like today. Yeah, awesome. so comfortable. <laughs> well,
0: that's what this dress shirt is to me. It's like the yoga pants of dress shirts. Yeah. And they have cool jackets and stuff now, so... Super excited to support them and have them support the show. So some closing stuff. Um, if you ha- are not, definitely go follow Doc DocGenFit. But there's also other components to it and that is the mobility method.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What other Instagrams are you running?
1: Um, I just got the Optimal Body but there's nothing on it right now. Okay. Um, And I got that one mainly because, exciting times, there is going to be an app so that people can, yeah. So it's already, I mean, the program's already out there for the Optimal Body and it's just a membership. Um, But now you'll be able to access it on your phone a lot easier and a lot better. So there's all that too. It's coming.
0: And you have the website, docgenfit.com.
1: Docgenfit.com. Everything's on there. Uh, that's also going to be revamped and renewed pretty soon. And, uh, YouTube doctrine fit. I'm committed to creating more YouTube videos for everyone. So excited about that. Um,
0: it seems like it'd be a challenge to like, because you have your actual job and then the job of creating content and then the job of creating content for a lot of different platforms.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I get help.
0: And
2: okay,
1: Not for doctor unfit, <laughs> but for mobility method, it's really like, I mean, mobility method is all like refurbished from all my old videos. So you guys could always just go back and see what I used to do in the past. Um, and, and we support other people, other rehab people, um, prehab people and clinicians who I think are doing awesome things in the world as well.
0: Do you think you'll get at all? Well, I think all the parallels, but Obviously staying in your lane. Yeah. But even like tying in some little prehab and rehab emotional recovery things.
1: Um, I think it all feeds in just so brilliantly because I don't even have to go too far off course to say don't only listen to your body and what your body's doing and increase awareness there. But now you get to dive a little deeper and actually tune into what your gut is telling you. Tune into what you're feeling on a deeper level as well, because through all that, you're just going to increase awareness where you need to everywhere in your life, which will help to decrease stress, improve mobility, improve strength, um, and really pain. And the main thing that people are coming to me for is for pain. And pain is not just physical. And we, if we can start to understand that pain highly comes from emotions. And when I'm working with people in person, that's a lot of what we're working through. And I'm not, not as a psychologist or anything like that, just by opening up space and increasing the awareness of where, where stress can be coming from, how that can be relating into the body, um, into this injury, and just increasing your overall awareness so that whatever you've been neglecting. Can now be addressed.
0: And movement is life. There's like literally. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Literally. If you take away movement, you start dying.
1: You do. And I've been in skilled nursing facilities where there was this one woman and she, for the past like 20 years, just refused to walk. She could if she actually started to, but at this point, everything's atrophied, everything's done. And she was having, I remember she was having so much pain because she couldn't go to the restroom. And she's like, where are my laxatives? And as soon as we got her standing, like full dependent standing, she started to go to the restroom and she was embarrassed and everything, but it's like, it's that your body just needs to move. Your body needs to get up and out of this, you know, stationary state and sedentary state like it is a gift to be able to move and your body is able to do that so why not gift yourself that on a daily basis
0: you know i ask that question a lot because that is my mom right now Mm
1: -hmm.
0: she's in a nursing home Mm -hmm. and she's still relatively young and Mm -hmm. just doesn't walk Mm -hmm. and so i go back and she's obviously like severely depressed yeah and probably started a long time ago but ever since my dad passed it's just gotten Mm
2: -hmm.
0: now six years ago now but that's her And i always have these conversations and as you know i guess as like subjectively good i am at this stuff she's just as powerful in the opposite direction Mm
2: -hmm.
0: like i have to get prepared when i go talk to her yeah i might get psyched up and be like okay don't don't let her drag you down. Like, don't let, she's going to drag you down. She's going to rain all over you.
2: Yeah.
0: And I'm like, mom, we just got to get you moving. You just got to move. Yeah. And there's this, can't make
1: her. No, you can't. And it, that, that goes really deep, right? She'd have to probably talk to someone else that can dive into those emotional states a little bit more.
0: Yeah. She eats people up. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive.
1: Wow. It's a gift. It
0: really is. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Like there's, There's whatever, what's, what's the opposite of inspiring?
1: (laughs) Stubborn. (laughs)
0: Holy smokes. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah, that's hard.
0: It's a work in progress. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: In a way I'm kind of like, that's not my mom anymore.
1: Mm -hmm. I see that. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you for coming on. I'm really, really proud of you.
1: Thanks for having me. Thank you. And I'm also, yeah, that's for sure.
0: (laughs) Yep. Um, and to close out, as a reminder, g- grief will come for us it mm-hmm. hasn't, if it hasn't already.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And a reminder about grief is that is the price of love.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And our stories are unique, but the struggle is universal. And the connection is emotion. So if you think about it, grief is a gift. So here are five great things that come from great loss. Grief helps us become more understanding of others. When times are tough, our strength shines through. There will always be people who support and love you. Grief reminds us of our vulnerabilities. Grief will give you a newfound appreciation and thirst for life. Life is so short. Learn to let things go. Learn to let things grow. So the beauty in every opportunity, this is your only chance. Focus on your ability to breathe, the gift of sight, the magic of hearing, the ability to smell, talk, feel, and the wonder of our connection to everything. Thank you for listening and remember, health is wealth, vulnerability is strength, and strength is a choice. You are the master of your fate. You are the captain of your soul. So get up strong and help others get up strong Mm, And, and be unconquerable. I'm Scott McGee, and this is The Sisu Way.